0: Hello, and welcome to the Long-Term Investing Podcast with Baskin Wealth Management. I'm Barry Schwartz, Chief Investment Officer. Baskin Wealth Management is an independently owned investment management firm with almost $2 billion in assets under management, providing customized wealth management solutions and services to families and foundations. In this podcast, we ignore all the noise and have conversations that make sense about the things that matter in today's markets. It's what we talk about with each other here in the office, and we want to share those conversations with you. Please stay tuned for our legal disclaimer at the end of the episode. Ernest Wong, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm breathing. You're not breathing the smoke from... Uh... The uh, forest fires that everybody's blaming Canada for?
1: So the funny thing is, you see on Twitter, and New York looks like it, it's it's in hell.
0: Blade Runner. Remember the, the new Blade Runner movie when the skies turned yellow or orange and you can't go outside because yes. of the
1: apocalypse, yeah. But I look in Toronto, mm-hmm. and it's it's smoky, but it's nowhere near what you're seeing in, in New York, mm-hmm. so I don't... I don't really know what's going on with that.
0: I was in Calgary a couple of weeks ago, Ernest, and right when the Alberta forest fires were at their worst, and I went outside and it did look like the Blade, new Blade Runner movie, and I came home from that trip. I was out to visit with clients, and I opened up my bag. My wife was like, were you out at a campfire or something? What's that terrible smell? And actually, it was a lot worse than it was in Toronto. But all kidding aside, I mean... It's a pretty sad situation uh, going on and hopefully it clears up soon. And I guess it's starting to rain. looks like it's raining all the week in Toronto. So that should uh, hopefully calm things down Um, and, uh, you know, as always in the investing world, there's a couple companies that obviously benefit from climate change, and we'll, it's one our feature stock that we'll be talking about today is a company called First Service. But uh, before we get to that, Ernest, uh, anything on your mind, anything you want to talk about, anything you've been thinking about?
1: There was an interesting report this morning from a data analytics firm called Antenna, mm-hmm. which showed that Netflix after they ended password sharing uh, on May 23rd, they saw the four single largest days of net user ads Mm -hmm. subsequently. Mm -hmm. So basically what this means is that whatever they're doing with password sharing crackdown is working.
0: Yeah, so I I think our thesis was that if people were sharing passwords, and lots of people were, And for example, if if you and I were sharing a password and I was paying for it and maybe you were paying for Disney and I was sharing your password, uh, you know, lots of people are saying, we're going to cancel Netflix because they're now going to make me pay. But my thinking was, and our thinking was, well, if I'm paying for Netflix and you're using my password and it it cracks down on that, I'm still going to pay for my Netflix. And, And you who aren't paying for it, you may say, well, I still want all that great TV shows or maybe I'll cancel it for a month or I'll come back. And to us, it was a, at least a, a neutral transaction and at best, a lot more people signing up.
1: Right. The Antenna report also noted that while cancels uh, did increase throughout this period as well, mm-hmm. they were not nearly as much as the, the net new signups. Beautiful. And to me, I think, I think this is a good lesson about... Investing based on on the numbers rather mm-hmm. than than I think your subjective personal opinion about how you would feel about a certain stock. Sure. I think a lot of people, um, if certainly if you browse on social media, they were saying, "Well, like I don't think you should own Netflix because, like, you know, I'm going to cancel it mm-hmm. after they crack down on 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 password sharing." Okay. But clearly, they're they're going to be making more money and and. seems to be working for them
0: I think we mentioned on one of our podcasts that um, Netflix thought that there's about a hundred million people that were getting access to Netflix but sharing someone else's password and not paying for it um, even if Netflix gets a small percentage of those 100 million people now that, are, that weren't paying for it. And of course, not everybody's in North America and they're paying you know, 10 or 20 bucks a month. But still, that has to be additive. And I can't imagine that there'd be 100 million people canceling Netflix because then no one gets it. So, um, And as a result, I guess you've seen Netflix stock. I think it's up 40% this year. And uh, so the, the narrative on Netflix is everything is rosy again.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would think so. I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it'll ultimately come down to whether they can make content that people want to see. That's all it comes down to. Yes. If they make good content, then then people are going to subscribe.
0: Well, in the meantime, every week there's data released about, you know, what are the number one shows and what's the most popular stream shows. And it's every week it's really netflix and its original programming uh, is always in the top 10 they always seem to have a a show or a movie that's in the top 10 and of course right now ernest we're in a there's a writer's strike in hollywood they're the act- over, yeah oh it it's was- over yeah oh well there you go News flash: the writer's strike is over so that's good for uh netflix and uh any further thoughts on netflix
1: no i think we've We've talked a lot about Netflix yeah. and we'll see when they report earnings. Absolutely. In a, in a few weeks.
0: Yeah. So uh, you wanted to talk about today. Um, and of course, we saw the Bank of Canada raise interest rates again. That was, um, I don't know if it was a shock because we saw inflation tick up in Canada in the month of April, I think. And so the Bank of Canada got concerned about that, as well as GDP in Canada uh, growing at 3%. So no signs of a recession yet. No signs of the interest rate hikes really meaningfully cooling the Canadian economy. Although another data point this morning shows that Canada actually lost jobs. So the unemployment rate went up. So who knows if that's you know a trend or just one data point. But uh, Ernest, you wanted to talk a bit about the impacts of these rate hikes and how possibly that could affect uh, the Canadian consumer.
1: Right. Before I, I go on my rant here, mm-hmm. I want to be crystal clear. We, we don't invest based on macro forecasting at Baskin Wealth. Mm-hmm. We, we never buy or sell stocks based on whether we think that the Fed is going to hike or cut rates what we think gdp growth is going to be what what we think unemployment is going to look like we we don't do the we, we that's not how we invest here correct our focus is on on owning good businesses
0: owning the best businesses run by the best people for the long term that's how we do it we don't trade uh, stocks just because we think we're going into recession you're either in a recession or heading into a recession at, at at any one point so it's kind of useless to try and figure that stuff out
1: now with that being said doesn't mean that we don't pay attention to what's going on absolutely and I think there is is good reason to be to be quite cautious about what is is happening in the Canadian economy in a way that I think isn't isn't fully captured in the economic data like the one that you referenced mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. so today in, in Canada there is about just to put some numbers to it there's about two trillion in mortgage debt in Canada, mm-hmm. which as a share of GDP is is the highest in in the G seven. About one third of this is is variable rate mortgage debt. Now, when most people think of variable rate mortgages, what you intuitively think about is that interest rates go up, you pay more every month, and
0: that's right. A variable rate mortgage adjusts with the Bank of Canada interest rates, right? The prime rate, the Bank of Canada has been raising rates almost every single month for well over a year. And as a result, uh, you one on a line of credit or a variable rate mortgage, people would be paying more as those rate hikes.
1: But that's, but that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. So about three quarters of variable rate mortgages in Canada are what we call fixed pay variable rate mortgages. Mm-hmm. Which means that the monthly payment stays the same, mm-hmm. but the difference when interest rates go up or down are added to the end. So you're you're paying off
0: more interest. You're not actually making any dent whatsoever on the principal on the mortgage, correct?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is adjusted when you renew your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So what this means is that for most of the variable rate mortgage holders out there, they're not feeling the monthly impact of higher rates yet. Mm-hmm. Even though they're they're paying much more interest than they used to be.
0: the key, the key word is yet yet. Mm-hmm.
1: This will change over the next three years mm-hmm. because most of the mortgages will will renew. Most of the mortgages in Canada are about you know five years or so. Mm-hmm. So starting in we'll, we'll see some next year, but starting in 2025 especially, mm-hmm. you're gonna see a lot of variable rate mortgages have to renew with much higher monthly payments as the banks reset their, their 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 monthly payment to reflect the higher interest rates. Yeah,
0: so let's let's back up for one second and remind the listeners that in 2020, there was something called the, <laughs> a pandemic. And as a result, the Bank of Canada, as well as the Federal Reserve, cut interest rates to near zero. Um, the world was shut down, as we know, but all of a sudden, with interest rates zero, people could get mortgages at extremely attractive rates. I think variable rate mortgages, some people got them as low as under 2%, um, which has never been seen before, I I think, in Canada. And um, as a result, if they got them in 2020 or 2021 when interest rates, or even 2022 beginning when interest rates were very, very low, and those mortgages come due, as you said, in five years, there's gonna be a lot of low uh, mortgage rates coming due 2025, 2026, 2027 and uh
1: go ahead. And there was one there was one simulation I saw mm-hmm. where variable rate borrowers could see a a 40% spike in the monthly average monthly payment upon renewal. Correct. Which is and like, you know, like like I said before, there's 2 trillion in mortgage debt, a third of this is variable. So mm-hmm. these are some very big numbers. Even out there. well,
0: not even the variable rate. The fixed rate mortgages that people got. If you decided, well, I'm I'm not going to go variable. I'm going to go fixed. You still got a very low rate, right? And those also mature in five years. So, twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. There's going to be a lot of mortgages coming due at presumably with much higher interest rates.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And to get a sense of of what this could look like, even assuming the unemployment and all these things stay stay robust scotia bank is is the only bank that they don't offer fixed pay variable rate mortgages okay their variable rates actually fluctuate based on interest rate changes mm-hmm.
0: so the people who got mortgages through scotia actually feel the pain every yes. time the bank so they're they're swearing and uh, punching the walls
1: every time bank canada yes. raises rates yes and scotia bank is seeing their variable rate borrowers uh, Reduce discretionary spending by about ten percent,
0: which makes sense, right? If you have to choose between paying your mortgage or going out to eat at a restaurant, which now costs uh, you know at least a hundred bucks a couple to get some mediocre food, you're probably going to choose uh, paying down your mortgage.
1: Exactly. So to sum this all up, I think there's going to be some pain in the the Canadian economy over the next few years, mm-hmm. and and. You know, from a portfolio management perspective, not really inclined to own Canadian discretionary or, or leisure type names, um, especially given the valuation of, of some of these companies.
0: So owning companies where people, um, you know, have a choice to, I don't know, buy a uh, sea buy a boat for their cottage, um, go to a movie, go out to a fancy restaurant although that is only a small how how much of that population does that impact
1: well i think it's i think the the common uh, counter argument to mm-hmm. to to what i described is that well they can just like it doesn't impact older people who have paid off their homes mm-hmm. and banks are going to help people out, yes. uh, not not let them default on their mortgages.
0: There always could be a government uh, solution as well. We don't know what the government would, would do um, as well as cutting interest rates, though interest rates are not going to go back to the levels of t- we don't think of 2020 or 2021.
1: Well, God help us if that happens.
0: Yeah. I, and we don't want interest rates at zero ever again. So that means even if they do cut interest rates... Um, the p- those payments are still going to be higher than they were when they
1: originally got those mortgages. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how bad it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, just certainly feeling a bit cautious. I would. Yes,
0: say. We, and, and we should be cautious uh, as well. And and I guess uh, you know if you have a mortgage right now and you're in that situation, um, hopefully you're employed and you're making more money, and hopefully you're. You know, if you're in a good situation, maybe you're doubling up your mortgage payments um, because you you can see that there's going to be trouble ahead in terms of how much money you have to cover. As we know in economics, Ernest, it's never A plus B equals C, right? Uh, There's so many variables involved. It's hard to see the future. It's hard to see what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. So... Um, you know, it's, the world can change very quickly. We don't know how much wealthier people are going to get. We don't know what the economy is going to look like, immigration, house values. But one thing I think is certain is that rates are probably not going to go back to the levels they were of 2020 and 2021. And and as a result, uh, the discretionary spending that people have with these mortgages may be impacted. And, uh, you know, that's something to think about when we're building and constructing portfolios, as most of our clients are Canadian, and although uh, we do own a lot of non-Canadian stocks, it, it could impact. Would Would this have any impact, Ernest, on the bank stock uh, bottom lines?
1: Well, I think for the Canadian banks, I would not expect major impact or, or loan losses on the mortgage portfolio. You
0: no. Know, Canadians tend not to default
1: on their mortgages. Yes, there are. Are, are some structural reasons that I won't get into here yes. about why um, the banks aren't going to lose a lot of money on their mortgages. Mm-hmm. You'll probably see some higher losses on credit cards and auto. For sure. Um, but I think by and large, the Canadian banks, they focus on on prime loans. Mm-hmm. So their borrowers are, are, are very high credit quality. Mm-hmm. They're very diversified. Yeah. They, they do wealth management they do capital markets they a lot of them have businesses outside of, of canada mm-hmm. so so i think they're going to manage this cycle um, probably have to you know be a little bit more conservative with their capital for the time being mm-hmm. but i think in in the long run they're, they're going to be fine
0: cool well, that's an interesting conversation, and I think it's one that we will be watching around the office and talking about, and probably one we'll be discussing more with clients going forward. It doesn't look like there's anything to panic about today, but uh, you know, we got other worries and other panics uh, on our minds. Um, anything, further thoughts, or you want to finish off there on that one?
1: Yeah, let's let's move on to uh, First Service.
0: First Service. First Service, uh, ticker symbol FSV on Toronto. I think it has a similar ticker on the US as well. Dual listed company. First Service is primarily a company involved in real estate, although it's not a real estate company, as well as renovations. And uh, we'll discuss all its business units. Uh, started by Jay Hennick. A uh, quick story about Jay Hennick. Um, he started the company uh, years ago by a summer job by cleaning pools. All right. So he, that was a summer job, cleaning pools. And uh, then he went to law school, decided that um, he could make more money by rolling up uh, service businesses in the U.S. and Canada Um, first service became a gigantic business. He spun off first service from Collier's. If those who work in office buildings, although not many are going to office buildings, will know the name Collier's. Collier's is a property manager of office buildings, as well as involved in brokerage and leasing. Jay Hennick is the, I think he's the chairman of both companies. Yes.
1: Yeah. He's the, he's the chairman of both, but the, The CEO of Colliers, CEO of Colliers, and I think. Yeah. yeah,
0: so we won't cry for Jay Hennick and his family. He's doing quite well, and but thanks to him and, and his genius, uh, he's created a Canadian compounder that I think is uh, you know not really well uh, uh, understood in the United States, and we think there's a gigantic runway for First Service. So Ernest, let's get into it.
1: So First Service does uh, they have they have two business lines. Mm-hmm. They have the property management business where they'll they'll help you manage your your condo or your your homeowners association. And then secondly they have a business that they call brands, mm-hmm. which is a, a mix of of kind of random businesses, mm-hmm. including California Closets, they have College Pro Painting, mm-hmm. they have uh, first on site, which which helps you do renovations after storms mm-hmm. and they have century fire which which does fire protection services mm-hmm. for commercial buildings
0: every single building needs uh, fire equipment on every single floor that needs to be serviced every year with a contract someone has to come and take a look at it and inspect it it's a pretty good business
1: so one of the things that that I like uh, that that I evaluate when looking at a business is is the sophistication of the competition. Mm-hmm. So, like, look at Tesla for example, right? Like Tesla, Elon Musk is a super smart guy, but Tesla is competing against GM, Toyota, and all these other big businesses that are also run by other very smart people.
0: Mm-hmm. Although I, I see that many of them are announcing that they're going to use Tesla's technology to charge their batteries. So he's come up with another incredible business line, but I digress back to first service.
1: Right. And so what first service does is they look for these these fragmented markets that are mostly serviced by local independents or contractors. So if you think about California closets, for example, it's not rocket science to make a to make a closet and design it and put it in your house. Yeah, these
0: are high-end closets, right? When people renovate, they spend a lot of money to hang up their clothes and fold them properly, and uh, you know, they—it's a high-end type. Yes. Uh, service,
1: mm-hmm. but like, how many other closet-making companies can you name?
0: I can't name any. I didn't even know there were any closet companies to begin with. Um, That's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about. But yeah, I think California Closet is probably the only one people could name.
1: Exactly. Most of the competition is local contractors or a guy who who has experience buying wood and building it from Home Depot. Yeah,
0: I'll do it cheaper for you than California Closet. But it's a, you know, a a one guy, one man, one person operation.
1: And so what First Service does is they want to be the best player uh, in these markets by investing in a brand, building up technology, investing in marketing, Mm -hmm. and gaining market share that way. And that's what First Service is today. They're the industry leader in property management. They're the leader in, in closets. They're the leader in painting. They... They lead in in restoration and fire protection,
0: and this is across North America.
1: Yes, yes, this is across North America. So, in case you're terrified by variable rate mortgages, it's a very diversified company. Yeah, um, and in most of these markets, they have, even though they're 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 often the the only brand that people can name, mm-hmm. they still have a low single digit market share. Where hopefully by by being a bit more sophisticated and and building up the brand they can maybe get that to 5 or 10% mm-hmm. market share over time
0: mm-hmm. that's before making acquisitions
1: yes and so with their free cash it's a these are very cash flow generative businesses mm-hmm. not very high margin but but the doesn't require a lot of capital
0: the capital is just the the labor the people yes. that they're paying to run the services for other people
1: yes mm-hmm. so what they'll do is they'll buy Local companies mm-hmm. um, to help complete their geographic footprint yep. and and extend their brand, and then from time to time they'll they'll find new verticals to enter into, mm-hmm. such as as fire protection, which they did in, in twenty sixteen, and insurance restoration in, in twenty nineteen.
0: So let's let, let's let's step back and talk quickly about the its biggest division, which is property management. Um so this is property management for multifamily uh, residential units, condos, apartment buildings, um, you know gated communities um, first service pro- will provide the condo board with a security person
1: No no so the the, t- the townhouses that I live in okay, we use, we, yeah. use surf- we use first service okay and they essentially they help you manage the community. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones out there cutting the grass for mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but they'll help you. Run your board. Yeah, they'll help you source contractors to to manage your pool.
0: Will they help you purchase the equipment for the pool? And they they might, mm-hmm.
1: but but in essence, they're they're helping make it easier for you to manage your yeah. association because the board is obviously people who live there.
0: The board is full of volunteer people who yes. who
1: live there, and they uh, are not going to do that for a living because they have other things to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And first service is not the cheapest, mm-hmm. but you know that they're going to do a good job. Because they are the largest player.
0: They're the largest player. And there's, that's the selling proposition is their the largest player, the experience, and, and maybe they can help you save some costs versus trying to piecemeal
1: uh, these things together on your own as exactly. a condo board or a townhome board. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And so the residential business is about half of their revenues today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the brands collectively are about Are the
0: other half. So when you're paying the maintenance fees, are you paying that? You're paying those maintenance fees directly to First Service. Yes, that's that's
1: another service that they they help provide. The billing, they do the billing, they they do the collections. Um, they'll do the transfer documents when you move, and those kinds of things. Wonderful, wonderful. All the all this random little stuff that you can't do on your
0: own, and uh, they have the experience to do it, and you're ready to go when those condos are built and. Do people ever switch from a first service to an earnest second service uh, condo uh, company?
1: They do. Yeah. Um, it's a like at the end of the day, like this is not a super complex thing to do. Mm-hmm. And there are even Toronto. There are dozens of of little property management companies that will do it for you. Correct. Um, so from time to time, uh, there will be a a condo board which says, "Well, why are we paying more to first service than than earnest's?" Uh, property manager, yeah, and then they'll switch. But I think one of the the trends that has been happening over time is that communities, especially in the U.S., are becoming more and more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want more amenities. They 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 have very specific requirements about like how they want the community to look yes. and who uh, and those kinds of things. And I think first service tends to gain a higher market share among these, these more complex communities than a simple condo where, where all they need to do is just mm-hmm. uh, message all the, the residents and collect billing.
0: And in the meantime, as you mentioned, there may be a dozen different property managers, but first service will acquire you. And so even if you leave them, you may be back with them if they acquire the company that uh, you've switched from. And so uh, there's lots of opportunity for them to continue to gain market share organically and
1: inorganically. Yes. And with the other half of their business, I think one of the most exciting pieces of that is the insurance restoration business, mm-hmm. which is benefiting from all of the weather-related disasters that we've seen recently. A bit of background into, into this business. They bought it in 2019. Mm-hmm. They bought a company called Global Restoration, which helps insurance companies do repairs after storms. And they made several regional acquisitions to help grow the footprint. Then they rebranded this entire business into a national brand called First Onsite, so that they can go to the insurance company and say, look, we have a national footprint. We can do all your restoration needs uh, across our footprint. And that's how they've been gaining market share. And they've been—it's been a fast-growing business, I would say.
0: Very good, yeah. So uh, it's an exciting uh, story for First Service. It's—it's it's a business that, um, you know, you look at it, you say this is quite pretty boring. How can there be, you know, f- that kind of growth going forward? Why is this a growth name? But you know, First Service is continues to offer a better product, a better service. The acquisition story is still there. And as you said, they keep adding on different verticals, different businesses that uh, they can provide uh, to commercial and retail clients. You referenced the uh, Century Fire business. That's one that they, I think they started three, four years ago pre-COVID, and now that's grown and, and starting to grow. And they're excited about making acquisitions there. And we don't know what other verticals and business lines they're thinking about adding as well. Um, valuation, earnest. Uh, is it attractive? Um, this, this is this is a company that's obviously done very well over the long term. Um, wh- your your quick thoughts
1: on that? Yep, yeah, we we bought at Basket Wealth. We've owned First Service stock for about seven years, mm-hmm. and although it's not the cheapest stock on on a PE basis, it's a very diversified business that's growing, taking market share, and. Reinvesting most of its cash flow into acquisitions yeah. at, at good rates of return, mm-hmm. so, so we're we're happy to own it for the next seven.
0: And if you asked uh, the company, they would tell you that a lot of their businesses, no business is recession proof, but very recession resilient. Uh, so even if you're, I mean, your condo board, you still have to have someone uh, manage your properties for you. And if these, you know, these storms or hurricanes or weather related events happen. You need to get those things fixed and it's insurance companies that are paying for them. So, uh, you know, maybe you don't have to redo your closet. Maybe you don't have to paint that year, but that is a much smaller part of their business. And, of course, they're looking to do more roll-ups, more acquisitions in that part as they see the ability to get growth and build out their brand going forward. Um, quick story about First Service, and this goes to show you why sitting on your tush investing is, is the better way to do things. Ernest referenced that uh, clients of Baskin Wealth probably held shares you know, since uh, 2015 of First Service. David Baskin and I bought shares of First Service in 2004. Um and of course uh, we did well on it and a couple years later in 2006 we sold the stock we probably bought it earnest at twenty dollars probably sold it at thirty dollars had we done nothing and sat on our tush uh you know that we would have made uh twenty times our money so we're pretty happy to repurchase First Service today but had we done nothing and just held it and trusted what Jay hennick was doing we would have done a whole lot better. So trying to learn from those mistakes because, you know, the future is hard to see. But when you own a good business, what are you, what are you doing selling it just because you made a little bit of profit? Um, no, you. you uh, the big money, as they say, is made in the waiting, especially if you own a good business. Anything, Ernest, you're watching, listening, reading uh, that you want to share with our audience? Well,
1: I just started reading a book called The Brass Ring, uh, power and Influence, and the Brass Can Empire, mm-hmm. which was the, the Canadian business book of the year in 1988.
0: 1988? How old were you in 1988? Well, I wasn't even born yet. There you go. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have read that book either because I think I was 14 years old and I was probably reading uh, comic books. Or I, My kids don't even read anyway. Uh, no one reads anymore. But anyways, go back to your book, Brass Can.
1: Well, uh, as as many of our listeners may or may not know, Brass Can is the predecessor of Brookfield.
0: And and doesn't Brass Can stand for like Brazil or something?
1: Maybe. I, maybe. Okay. I just started reading Someone's it. Someone's got
0: to look that up and, and and tell us on Twitter. I think Brass Can,
1: that's the origin of the name, has something to do with Brazil. So I'm sure uh, I'll keep you guys updated on on how the book goes. mm mm-hmm.
0: uh, Yeah. I mean, it's... Brasken or Brookfield of 1988 is a completely different company of uh, Brookfield uh, Corporation and Brookfield Asset Management of today. But uh, you can always learn things from history. And uh, it, I'm sure it's an exciting story if it was the 1988 best business book of the year. Can't wait. Uh, was it a, did you buy a used copy? I'm sure this is not one that uh, is reprinted.
1: Yeah, I bought it. I bought it on Amazon mm-hmm. um, from a used book dealer. Okay. And the front cover, it seems to have been somebody's gift for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> so uh, maybe somebody is really into like corporate stories from the 1980s. Yeah.
0: And how, mu- how much did
1: you pay for the book? I paid 12 bucks. It wasn't, it's, it's not a difficult book to find.
0: I can, I, I'm finding it hard as I get older. To read actual physical books all the type is so small i much prefer to read things on kindle but there's so many great uh you know books that haven't been that are out of print or you can only find on amazon so i mean the treasure hunt is fun but i'm not sure i can read them anymore i probably need you to read them and give me the cole's notes (laughs) so thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you back here very shortly have a great day This podcast is for informational purposes only and any forecasts on the economy, markets or individual securities should not be viewed as investment advice, a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Clients of Baskin Wealth Management and the speakers on this podcast may own shares of the companies discussed. Information on this podcast is current as of the time of production and is subject to change. If you have any questions or would like to subscribe to these podcasts, visit our website at BaskinWealth.com.